Hey there, my name is Shane Craddock, and this is the Inner Edge podcast, where I share a different take on how to lead and live a sustainable, high-performance life. Over the course of different episodes, I'm going to challenge the belief that tension, stress, and struggle are essential to success and creativity. My experience is that there's an easier way, there's a better way, and indeed, there's an essential way that we need to explore for the times that we live in. So let's go ahead, let's jump in and explore. Hey there, uh, welcome to today's episode that uh, I'm calling When Leadership Fails. Uh, but before I get into that, well, maybe it links to this actually as well. Uh, yesterday, so it's a bank holiday weekend here in Ireland, it's the Easter weekend. Um, and yesterday was just a stunning day where I live in Ashford County, Wicklow, Ireland. 15 degrees, unusually warm for this time of the year for, for Ireland. It was actually such a gorgeous day, not a cloud in the sky, that I decided to go for my first official swim of the year. And by God, it was cold. <laughs> but still, it was it was gorgeous. Having said that, today, um, as I'm recording this, obviously, it's now four degrees Celsius and it's snowing, believe it or not. So Ireland is just very unique in terms of just the weather can literally change on a dime. But I'm going to take a little bit of inspiration from it in terms of it's also very much like business. Like w- one day it could all be going fantastic, everything going your way. And the next day, out of the blue, something will come at you in business. If you run your own business or lead a business team, you'll know that that's the truth, that there's always going to be something. But then I can take it a step further and go, well, actually, in terms of your inner side, which obviously this podcast focuses more on that side, it's also the same that literally internally you can feel, oh, everything's going fantastic, life is good business is great, my career is good, or whatever your game is. And then something can, can just come out of the blue and test you. Um, and <clears throat> I suppose I'm going to lean into that today around leadership because with the last 12 months in particular, we've seen all sorts of examples around the world of of not great leadership and, and rare cases actually of, of great leadership. A few do come to mind, uh, probably Jacinta Ardern, certainly I think would stand out the New Zealand Prime Minister, somebody with high emotional intelligence and, and just a kind of a, an intelligent way of dealing with people and with decisions. Um, in recent weeks in Ireland, a headline um, item on the news side or the financial side would have been the catastrophic failure in Davy Investments, the biggest investment um, firm in Ireland. And without getting into the detail, but essentially a small group of the leaders from the CEO and a few of his lieutenants around him made a decision a few years ago, which was clearly unethical and um, purely for self-gain. And as a result of that decision and people around them not stopping them or even some of the lieutenants not stopping the CEO probably was the ultimate decision maker. Um, As a result, in the last couple of weeks, then the firm has kind of gone from shining light to I don't know what you'd call it, but essentially a fall from grace. And now it's been sold. And it's just, when leadership fails, there are major, major repercussions um, into people's lives. Because there's a lot of really good people working in Davies, for example. And um, I'm sure they're angry and upset. And we'll see what happens there. But I think I've heard many people talk about that. And what came to mind recently was um, a comment by... Clay Christensen, who's a renowned professor in Harvard, who 
uh, was telling a story, but he was just saying that he was in class with a lot of the executives um, in Enron when obviously it had hit, had its problems. And he was saying none of those guys um, were bad people. So the question is, what happened? Why did leadership fail? And obviously a few of those guys ended up in prison. I don't know if they're still there, but, you know, it was a massive fail. And I, I actually think that there's lessons here for everybody because I think micro versions of those situations can happen when you're a leader. And that's what I want to lean into a little bit today. Uh, because for me, when leadership fails in any capacity like that, it's really an inner problem. Why? Um, I believe it's because of the ego and a failure to recognize reality, you know, to keep in touch with reality. You can lose the run of yourself, fall into an echo chamber so that you're not really getting a sense of reality and you can lose the run of yourself and lose a, the, a connection to what's actually going on and even what's right. Because you can actually sometimes feel like, for example, the Davy people or the Enron people that you're above the law, that, that you won't get caught. Um, and I suppose one of the biggest challenges that I have with clients, most of which are, we'll say, entrepreneurs, CEOs, founders, senior leaders, the biggest challenge I have is, is helping them to stay in touch with reality, like what's actually happening around them. And the problem that they don't realize is that, I'm going to break this down into two areas. The first one is to do with other people, okay? And I was saying this to a CEO actually only recently who took offense to me saying this next statement, which is, you're surrounded by liars. And they were like, no, what? no, no, my people are really good. We've got a great culture. And they were right. They did have really good people and they did have a great culture, but they're still surrounded by liars. And just to explain what I mean by that is, you know, most people, if they're honest, if you're dealing with the CEO or the leader in your team, most of the time they just put on a face because they don't want the boss to know if there's a weakness or if there's a problem. Um, and I'm not to say that, you know, because I deal with people at a senior level in organizations and a lot of the time people won't even know that they're not telling the truth or lying. They're trying to protect themselves unconsciously. Um, and so... It's not that they're deliberately lying in a way or that they're liars because we can all do that. I mean, I know even if, if I'm dealing with my kids, who I think are good kids, probably like every parent, but I know that sometimes they lie to me. Uh, they don't tell you everything. And it's like the self-preservation mode. And I think that stays with us as human beings in an organization. And certainly as somebody who has spent my career over 25 years working in organizations, for me, that's a truism. People don't tell you everything. And the hardest thing is, as the business gets more successful, as you progress in your career, is that there's maybe more at stake. And the hardest thing is to find out what's actually going on. Because you can't take everything at face value. I mean, so many times I've heard, you know, my client saying, you know, I said, you need to, you need to talk to that person over there because I think they're not completely happy. They're unsettled. And they go and talk and say, no, no, they said everything's fine. They're not going to move on. And then literally a week later, they hand in their notice. <laughs> So people don't always tell you the truth because of the fear of consequences, maybe their fear of the unknown, and sometimes maybe fear of the leader. You know, So I think a great question to ask on the inner side, which is perhaps the hardest question of all to answer, is what is reality? Um, you know, what's actually going on? And, and a follow-up question, which is very important also, is what are you doing to make sure you're, you're being told the truth? What are you 
doing to make sure you've been told the truth. Especially if you're trying to run a high-performing organization, you have to assume that getting to the truth in all situations is going to be very, very difficult. But you can you can build an approach that does help you to get to the truth. So, so the first area, I suppose, I'm, I'm flagging is around people. All right. The second area, though, probably more important, it's around you, yourself. And, I mean, a famous example, if you're in business, perhaps would be Nokia, where, you know, they were, at one point, I think in 2006, 2007, when the iPhone was launched, they had about 49, 50% market share in the mobile phone market. Now, if I went to my kids today, which maybe I will later just to see if they, if they, if this is true, <laughs> if I said to my daughter, Jane, who's 13, do you know who Nokia are? She wouldn't have a clue. She'll know who Samsung, Huawei, perhaps, um, and Apple, of course, who they are. But she won't know who Nokia are, uh, despite the fact that 14 years ago they had 50% market share. And they actually just completely ignored the trends and the reality that I, that iPhone were now presenting to the marketplace. They actually had a jumpstart on, on that technology, but they just assumed that it wasn't going to work. So just taking a little sip of my coffee here this morning. Um, and then I think the same thing, perhaps in a different way with, with Davey, as I've said earlier on, is that, you know, egotistically, you lose in touch with reality. You enter into an echo chamber. You think perhaps, you know, you're untouchable. And part of my job working with people is to challenge their view of reality because, ironically, the more successful you get, the easier it is to rationalize pretty much anything, pretty much anything. And it's really important that um, you have ways, and, and I guess people around you who will challenge your swallowing of the Kool-Aid, you know, and I think many, many people that I've worked with that you could say would be charismatic leaders. Um, and a charismatic leader has got a double-edged sword that they're, they're capable of incredible inspiration, incredible inspiration. But by the same token, they're also capable of great tyranny or, or both at the same time. And I think it's vitally important that as a leader, you set the tone that you want people to challenge you because the reality is, is as you get bigger and you're surrounded by liars, people will tell you more and more what you want to hear. Um, it's the concept of being surrounded by yes people. You need to have people who will just tell you the truth. It's incredibly invaluable. Um, because if if nobody around you is willing to rein you in, you know, I'll often joke with my friends and my clients that the person that I value the most in my life for telling me the truth or telling me what they see as the truth is my wife, Judy, who is just an incredible uh, person. But when she speaks to me and sometimes she'll say, because I'm not immune to any of this either, by the way, in terms of the ego or blind spots or, you know, swallowing my own Kool-Aid, like Judy's incredible saying, actually, you're, you're, you're out of line there or you're wrong there. And sometimes that can really hurt uh, my ego, but it's psychological, it's inner. And I know myself that if it hurts, there's a reason that it hurts <laughs> because it's probably true. So people around you as the leader need to be able to rein you in. They need to be able to challenge you. So are you allowing them to rein you in? Are you allowing them to challenge you and some of perhaps maybe your negative patterns? And these patterns can emerge, especially when your state of mind drops. Uh, very often they're unconscious. So, But if you can create a culture where the people around you are not afraid, in fact, encouraged and rewarded, 
for challenging you. Well, then um, you've got a higher chance of, of creating a high-performance team, a high-performance organization. And the same two questions apply again in this context for you is what is reality for you? What, what's actually going on? And then the follow-up question again is the same one. What are you doing to make sure that you're being told the truth? What are you doing? I mean, that's a question worth stewing on. And it's funny, as in Ireland anyway, and I know this is a universal phrase, but pride comes before a fall. And I think pride, which is the creation of the ego, um, is really um, behind all the other issues or flaws in the human psyche. Pride is kind of the start, I think, of it. Um, and it actually kills probably the one thing that we need now in leadership more than ever, which is humility. Humility. But I think humility gets a bad rep because I think sometimes it's seen as a weakness. But let me, let me just read you out this quote here from uh, the famous author C.S. Lewis, which I, I think is incredibly profound. It's a, it's a long enough quote, so just bear with me here for a second. So do not imagine that if you meet a really humble man, he will be what most people call humble nowadays. He will not be a sort of greasy, smarmy person who's always telling you that, of course, he is nobody. Now, I'm just going to pause there for a second because it just, that that line, it's not finished yet, but that reminds me of a guy, um, actually very, it was a brilliant, slick um, guy who, who did some training in presentation skills and selling skills in the UK. But I always remember when he he lost me, when I said, I'm not dealing with this guy anymore, it was when he was doing some training with this group of people internationally, we'd flown to London for a weekend to do some training and he, and he stood up and he said, look, you know, it's very important as well that people can relate to. So, you know, at a certain point he would put his hand on his chest and say, look, I'm, I was nobody. I'm just an ordinary guy. So that means that you too can do this as well, whatever you were promoting. But after that section, he said, by the way, of course, like, you know, I'm just saying that like, we're not the same as other people. We are actually better than other people. And I remember thinking, oh my God, he's actually totally manipulating the situation here. And this is where the con man comes in or this, you know, the the old school, maybe car insurance or car salesman, the insurance salesman from the old days. And that's just dead. And that is the smarmy person who's telling you that, no, oh, no, I'm nobody, but actually thinking the absolute opposite. So let's go back to that quote anyway. So continuing on, probably all you will think about him is that he seemed a cheerful, intelligent chap who took a real interest in what you said to him. If you do dislike him, it will be because you feel a little envious of anyone who seems to enjoy, enjoy life so easily. He will, he, but he will not be thinking about humility. He will not be thinking about himself at all. So if anyone would like to acquire humility, this is still the quote, by the way, I can, I think, tell him the first step. The first step is to realize that one is proud, that one is proud. And a biggish step to at least nothing whatsoever can be done before it. If you think you are not conceited, it means you are very conceited indeed. Now, for me, that's class. I mean, if you think you are not conceited, it means you are very conceited indeed. All of us, me included, um, I think it's, you have to watch this as you progress in your career. And also, if you progress in your success, that, like, no, no, well, I'm a very humble guy. I'm a very, you know, self-aware person. I'm not conceited. Okay, I think that might be the start of a little echo chamber going on. Um, and again, coming back to where we started, great question. One of the hardest questions of all to answer, what is reality? 
And then what are you doing to make sure you've been told the truth, that you know the truth? Because to me, from my experience, average leaders point the finger at people or circumstances, but great leaders do the tough inner work to find reality. What's yours? Food for thought. Bye.